You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Boy, oh boy, what a busy week it's been. We've been all over uh, the place in the last week, special events and uh, conferences and appearances, and uh, we're back in the studio tonight, this Saturday evening, July the 15th. Saw RFK Jr. speak a little earlier today. We'll be breaking down what he had to say in the second hour, but first, uh, one of our larger-than-life guests who comes on uh, almost annually, I think going back some years now, Jesse Lee F- Peterson, the founder of Bond, a brotherhood organization of a new destiny. He is an author, radio host, pastor, counselor, and frequent guest commentator over the years on Fox News and other national media outlets. You can check him out at jessieleepeterson.com. Jesse, it is great to have you back to kick off the show tonight. James, it's amazing to be on with you, man. It's an honor and happy White History Month to you. I hear that you've been busy and sore about, but I'm glad we have this time, man. Well, I always appreciate you making the time for us. Uh, we go back. I always like to mention this when you're on, Jesse. 16 years ago it was. We were on CNN together. And I re- a story I always tell when I talk about you, I didn't even have kids back then. I have three now. And uh, your Whoa. son was there. But Yeah, uh, you, your son was there that night uh, behind the scenes in studio in New York uh, for CNN. And uh, that struck me even then. And now as I have three, they like to tag along with me to events and engagements. And uh, I still think about that night. And I also remember Roland Martin didn't like having to talk to a white man who didn't yeah, hate yeah, himself. Yeah, your good friend, Roland Martin. <laughs> he, he didn't like talking to a white man who didn't hate himself. He sort of puffed up like a blowfish and said that, that – uh, on that live broadcast, that my level of ignorance was unfit for a national TV audience. You still hear from him? Is he still around? Uh, he's around somewhere. I never hear from him anymore. But I do remember that night. And in the back, uh, when we went to the back, he, he wanted to fight with me. But somebody <laughs> told me better sit down. But he was so angry at us. You should have taken him up on me. it. I couldn't believe it. That's I right. mean, hey, I, I, I'd have paid to see that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my that money's on Jesse on, on that one, I think. Mine, too. Yeah, his obesity might have slowed him down by now. Who knows? But anyway, we got a lot to talk That's about. Right. Sixteen years later, we're still talking. Hey, James, let me just say congratulations to your children, man. I now have two grandkids, and my granddaughter got married. I have two great-grandkids now. Uh, wow. That's a, well, congratulations to you as well. It's a wonderful thing. i got a 12-year-old daughter, 8-year-old son, and a 2-year-old daughter. We have a little... And I have three sons in the... Uh, Youngest one is going to be 33 uh, later this week. There you go. So lot, lots Whoa, of kids. Got to do it. Got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. I was born in June, Jesse, so summer has always been um, a fun time for me, going back to my, my boyhood. Uh, June 22nd was my birthday, so not too long ago. But the, the, they have to- society has totally ruined summers for me now. Now June is this uh, amalgamation of what they call pride. Pride Month, and then the newfound Juneteenth. They've they've sullied summer for me. I mean, uh, but you've come up with a month long celebration in July that combats this annual madness. Uh, so tell, tell us, us about it. it. You know, six, six years ago, I just this is our sixth year. I decided that it would be a big mistake. It would be evil. It would be ungrateful to forget American history, the real history of America, and the fact that this country was founded by white men. 
uh, and they went through hell with the help of God to build the greatest country on this side of heaven, to create the Constitution, to make it possible that we all may be free in the greatest country in the world, and to allow these people to destroy monuments and statues and rewrite the history and replace it with lies and junk. It shows an unappreciation to God for giving us this country. And so I decided to put my little bit in to remind the people of who this country really, really belongs to and how it was founded so that generation after generation to come won't forget. And they are replacing it with so-called street pride or something like that. What is there to be proud about about being wrong? God said we all must be born again. He didn't say we should be proud about being wrong. And now they're going full on with a whole month uh, so-called dedicated to LGBTQ mess. And they uh, imposed it on the children. And then they had that June 10th mess happening there. And it's just one thing after another, man. And this is a bad road to go down because there is no other country like America. And if we lose America, where will we go? Where will the whites go? Because they hate white people, yet they won't leave the white country. They know this country is founded by white men, given to them by God. And if they don't like it, they can always leave, but they would rather destroy it than to build it up or appreciate the white men for making it so great. We can't allow this to happen. we got to start speaking up, James. This is not good. Well, you have done something remarkable here in popularizing July as White History Month, and this goes back a few years uh, with you doing it through your yeah. appearances, uh, obviously your television program and your, your nationally syndicated radio program. So you've done a, a great deal of work on that, and it's very important because, of course, I, I do these things, and uh, we've been called everything but a child of God, of course, you can imagine, uh, being white men who don't back down. But you are a black man who, who loves the truth and uh, who seeks the truth and who propagates the truth but uh, and you mentioned why you you have done it but i just i think it is obviously commendable that you would do that uh, when so few white men are even willing to do that i know it's a shame man and i gotta tell you i, I grew up in alabama i grew up during the jim Crow, but that did not affect us at all we have families my fathers and mothers mother and my uh, grandparents, and we worked hard, and we would celebrate July. We were not thinking, oh, this is racist, this is slavery, all that crap that they're talking about now. And I still remember those good old days down in Sweet Home, Alabama. I've not forgotten that, man. It was amazing. But they've been lying about the history of that. And then yeah, one of the worst things that ever happened to blacks other than abortion, one of the worst things ever happened to them was the so-called civil rights movement. The here, civil here. rights movement yeah, was a socialist setup. It was a setup. And it, uh, it was a socialism in order to control the blacks, sell them over to the Democrats, and use the black for personal gain. And I'm telling white men, especially white men, but all white men, especially white men, they better start speaking up because America is quickly becoming South Africa. White people gave over South Africa to the blacks, and it, it, it's so bad, man, I'm afraid to go over there. And then the white people went out to the to the farmland thinking that it be okay, they would be okay out there. And the blacks are going out there robbing and raping and stealing and killing and burning. And that's what's happening in America now, right now. 
America is being recreated in South Africa's image. And white men better get the courage to speak up, get involved, run for office, so they can get those people out of there before it's too late. The numbers, the days are, are, are short now, and the government wants a civil war. White people cannot afford to do a civil war because they're going to lock you up and take away all your freedom. Black people are already slaves, so there's nothing to lose for them. Keith, I want you to yeah. say something to that because I know it's something, but I just want to remind people we're at the halfway point already in our conversation with Jesse Lee Peterson tonight. Be sure to check out jessieleepeterson.com. <laughs> you can get white history. Well, let's skip that break. You can get White History Month merchandise at jessieleepeterson.com. It is what July is, and he explains it all there. But, it, Jesse, you really are a courageous, outspoken critic of the so-called civil rights establishment today. I mean, we have... People like, I mean, and, and you are a, a, a very rare breed. I mean, Zola Foster was another one. She was a friend of mine, a guest of my yeah. home when she was running with Pat Buchanan. She's gone home now, so we got to keep you healthy. But, Keith, I know this is, he's, he's pushing your buttons right now. This is your stuff. Well, Jesse, I'm a little long in the tooth like you are, and I remember living in segregated South, okay? And yeah. I would say with the possible exception of the talented 10th that are the beneficiaries of all this affirmative action and whatnot in the black community, most blacks had a much better environment to live in under segregation yeah. in the South yeah. than they do today. 100%, man. And in all honesty, due to the hatred of the black, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most black people's hearts, and due to a government that wants to control us, we the people, we're more segregated now in the heart than any other time in the history of America. That's right. Because people hate white people. They're blaming white people for no reason at all. They're accusing white people. They want to wipe them out. Whites are, uh, whites are being robbed, raped, and murdered. and I mean, just all breaking in homes. They're going into the suburbs and breaking into white people's cars and homes. And nothing is being done about it, man. It wasn't like that when, uh, when I was growing up. It wasn't like that even under Jim Crow. It wasn't like that. Black people were not acting see, that way. They didn't hate white people. They were not blaming others. Well, you had all strata of the black society living in the black neighborhood, upper class, middle class, lower class. The ah. upper class wasn't going to tolerate their uh, neighborhood turning into a criminal cesspool. So what we did yeah. here in Memphis is they assigned black cops, black beat cops, to the black neighborhoods. Because uh, that's what the black people wanted. Of course, black cops are reputed to be more brutal to black people than the white cops were, but that's what they wanted. And you had, you didn't see people with their underwear showing, running around. You didn't have all this criminality going on. You had all these black businesses back then that were operating. Yep. People have no idea what they lost by going along with the uh, civil rights movement. It was... It was a formula for the destruction of the black family. Most black kids back then grew up in intact families with a father present. A quick comment on that, Jesse, or a response, rather, and then I want to move on to one more topic. You are absolutely right about that, and that's what needs to be happening now. We, we need to restore the, the family. Men need to return to God so that with the, with the help of God, he would guide them how to uh, lead their wives and their children in the right way to go. And there's no, there's not a lot of talk about restoring the family. And we definitely need the order of God back. God in Christ, 
Christ and man, man over woman, and woman over children. Nothing else is going to work but that. Because that's God's way, and you can't, God will not be mocked. And you can learn more That's about right. this, uh, the faith-based element of this, which is obviously a foundational element at jessieleepeterson.com. As I mentioned, it's, just, it's only a, a three-hour show. <laughs> so we were talking about the background and the, uh, the different things that Jesse is and that Jesse does, but that, that, is, uh, that, that is one part of it. And you can get his church services and sermons there as well. But let's, uh, let's survey the current landscape, Jesse. I was looking back in preparation for your appearance tonight at some of the appearances you've made on this program over the years and what we were talking about at the time. And even as recently as your last appearance, uh, which, which was just, uh, I don't think it was last year, I think it was the year before last, you, I don't think we could have foreseen this fad, uh, this new egalitarian, radical egalitarian movement of so-called transgenderism. Here you have now uh, doctors mutilating the bodies of young boys and girls, mass psychosis of people pretending to be the opposite gender, the media attacking anyone who doesn't play into this big pretend, men dressed as women, uh, dominating female sporting events. We've got the pronouns. Uh, what is going on? What is this? How long are you? You know, James, <laughs> the last time we talked, had you asked ask me would, would it get to this point, I would have said, no. said no. I can imagine that. There will be on the forefront in America, a Christian nation, and on the forefront that these people try to pretend men in women clothes and women in men clothes cutting off body parts and pretending that a boy is a girl is a girl is a boy. I never imagined, Jane, for a second that when we spoke again, this would be in the forefront of what's happening in our country. But when I understand evil... And uh, this should have been stopped a long time ago when these people wanted to impose themselves upon America. This should have been stopped right then because if you don't stop evil within yourself and overcome it by returning to the Father or stop evil outside of others and go along with it, this is what happens. It only gets worse. And evil whole job is to destroy. And that's what's happening with these children and everything else. But and I'll make this short, Jane, for you. But what what is more surprising than promoting this evil stuff is that the mothers and the fathers are allowing this to happen to the point that the mothers yes. who have these children, they are married, they are unwilling to stay home and raise the man children. They are on an ego trip. They love their ego more than they love their own children because if they love their children, they will stay home and raise the children and teach them at home. And then this mess will end, but they'll rather use the schools as a daycare center, even if, as if it means cutting off the body parts of the children. Because they can't do it if the kids are not there, but the mothers won't stay home and raise the man's children nowadays. Well, Jesse, this is Keith. Let That's me a great just point. say this. I'm glad the left has gone a bridge too far. I'm glad they've well, Keith, gone this Keith, this far. was something that was talked about by a friend of ours before the show started. We were sitting around in the green room. He said that uh, we, we, it was the good old days when the Democrats were just Marxists and uh, communists. Now they're flat-out Satanists. And right. I think that's what you're about to touch on. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's so obvious to everybody now how evil liberal is. I've always said liberalism is the modern face of evil. But trying to turn sexual perversity into civil rights, I think, is waking up a lot of people, not only in America, but through the world. Why do you think people are trying to turn to Russia and China for leadership rather than America? Because they don't want gay pride parades in their nations. They do not want 
homosexuality to run rampant in their na- in their communities and whatnot. But who do you blame? We we all agree that the schools are wrong, and the doctors who are promoting are wrong. But who do you blame? The parents or the schools? Well, I blame Jewish power and influence, quite frankly. That's what the driving force was behind the civil rights movement, the homosexual rights movement, the feminist movement, climate change, all of these things. Without their intelligence, their money, their networking uh, capabilities, and their media control, none of this liberal agenda that you and I have lived through since the 1950s on would have amounted well, to a hill of beans. Well, this gets back to a big debate that we have here, Jesse, in a, in a conversation that is uh, open-ended. And it, you ask a good question. I say the buck has to stop with white men. White men were the ones who surrendered the yeah. power. White men were the ones who have allowed this to go on. I well, mean, they, they certainly didn't do it. Well, uh, they were beaten down. All right. I well, whatever, something, whatever the case. What's the, what's the solution, Jesse? Let's know, get to that. Keith, I want to know, God said to the parents, the father and the mother are responsible for their children. Teach your children in the right way to go, and when they go out into the world, they will not be subject to evil. And so I want to know if the parents didn't send their children to these places, could their children be hurt? Well, you're right. I had, I can tell you this, what has happened in the South. Everything, if you look at every liberal movement since the end of World War II, the civil rights movement, all of that. They all have one thing in common, which is the reduction of white birth rates. Well, anyway, I will tell you this with regards to race relations, and which is the, you know, certainly something we're touching on right now. It would be a totally different ball game if the black community looked to men of truth like Jesse Lee Peterson instead of the pimps and the hustlers. We mentioned one earlier by name, Mr. Martin, who make a living by whipping up hatred. I think we can all agree on that. So, yeah, he definitely uh, but, but the, hatred. That's would but this whole new frontier with transgenderism i mean people are so confused i do believe that there's a demonic element in play here and uh, what's what's the end game i'm going to ask you a two-part question what should our people be doing jesse to remedy the the current malaise and um what's next for jesse lee peterson i got a call from beverly hills yesterday and I said, I'm not going to answer that one. I don't know who's going to be calling for Beverly Hills, but it's actually one of Jesse's associates setting up the interview for tonight. Uh, but I thought you were moving to Florida. So that's the two-part question. What's the prescription, and what's next for Jesse Lee Peterson? Without a doubt, white men and black men, men of this country, need to return to the Father. We must be born again of God, and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I can promise you, if the men return to the Father and, and overcome fear, and anger, we overcome anger, you overcome fear. The power of God is within us, and he will guide us, and he will give us the strength to return the country back to good. Also, they need to take back their families, man. Get involved in the government. Vote out these people who hate God, who hate America, who hate the family. And we need to stop, you know, not blaming everybody else for our fault. I don't blame anyone for anything I've had to go through because it's only got me, with the help of God, I got wiser and better for it. We need to stand up like the men did, the white men did, who founded and created this country. They went through hell. It wasn't easy, but they didn't give up. And likewise, white men and black men who love this country got to stand up and just say no, stop voting all these women in office, and instead you run for office, get all these angry black men and women and liberal white 
men and women out of office and put conservative, um, uh, God-fearing Christian men in there. And I guarantee you this country will come back together like not going north, but you got to overcome fear. You can't be afraid of being called names. You can't be afraid yeah. of what you're going to lose. That's right. We have to love what's right with all our heart, soul, and might, and God is with us. I, th- I agree with you on all of that, Jesse. I wonder, though, and I am of the belief now that we may be too far gone for it to ever come back in a in a yeah. United States type of way. I think balkanization may be the future of this country on, on, on red and blue lines. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I am thankful for you. I am thankful for the many years we have collaborated together. And uh, what is next for Jesse Lee Peterson? With just seconds remaining, I would remind everybody, jessieleepeterson.com for your White History Month uh, apparel and to learn more about his work and to support his work with Bond and uh, the programs and everything else. But what's next for Jesse Lee? Well, I've got a few traveling speaking engagements coming up down in Florida and different parts of the country. And we're still doing our radio. We have an entrepreneur academy where we're teaching men how to start businesses. But we're also uniting them with their family so they can forgive their fathers and mothers and encouraging them to get married before starting this and overcome, man. We got to get men back in order. We got to push the family again. We got to encourage men. But I really, really want to encourage the white men. They got to overcome fear and stand up for what is right before it's too late because if they don't, they're going to take away all of our freedom. And we'll all be enslaved. Hey, Jesse Lee Peterson, Reverend Peterson, it's always great to talk to you. We will talk to you again soon. I would love to have you back on the show. And um, keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, fight. fight. I will. A happy white history month to you guys. Hey, you too. You too. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Varnash. Police in Georgia are searching for the suspect in connection to a shooting that left four dead in a town about 30 miles south of Atlanta. Authorities have identified the suspect as Andre Longmore, who they say is in his mid-50s. President Biden is spending the weekend at Camp David along with First Lady Jill Biden. The visit to the presidential retreat in the Maryland mountains follows a whirlwind trip to Europe where Biden took part in the NATO summit. On Friday, the president's re-election campaign reported raising $72 million in the second quarter. That topped the combined fundraising totals of former President Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the leading candidates in the Republican presidential primary. I'm Julie Ryan. The White House is criticizing House Republicans for hijacking the annual defense bill with conservative amendments. Congressional Republicans added a number of last-minute amendments to the measure, limiting abortion and inclusion initiatives. The administration is defying the Supreme Court when it comes to student debt forgiveness. The U.S. Department of Education announced in a press release Friday that more than 804,000 Americans will be automatically forgiven over $39 billion in student loan debt in the next few weeks. The new debt forgiveness plan comes only weeks after the Supreme Court rejected President Biden's more expansive forgiveness plan, which was ruled as illegal under federal law. USA News, 
I'm Tim Berg. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is said to be in good condition after being rushed to a hospital on Saturday. Netanyahu released a video statement later in the day saying it was likely a case of dehydration after spending time with his wife in the Sea of Galilee. Heat is a problem in the USA as well, as dozens of cities could break records by Monday, including several topping triple digits. This is USA News. When you can find everything you need at prices you can afford, that's totally Target. It's that feeling when quality good and gather ingredients on the barbecue bring family around the table. Or when favorite day after practice snacks let you celebrate the whole team for less. It's when saving more on up and up sunscreen means more fun in the sun. And when Target Circle Rewards program gives you more perks on what you buy most and is always free to join, that's totally Target. The Dell Technologies Black Friday in July event has arrived with limited quantity deals on top tech to power any fashion. Save on select XPS PCs and more powered by the latest Intel Core processors. Plus, get savings on select monitors and accessories, free shipping, and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Save today okay. by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Offered to U.S. residents by WebBank, who determines qualifications for and terms of credit. A song we would like to dedicate uh, tonight to Jesse Lee Peterson, a native of Alabama, now living in California, perhaps soon to be living in Florida, and also <laughs> Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville, which we'll talk about why he's in the news again this week in just a moment. James Edwards and Keith Alexander always like talking to Jesse. I mean, we go back a long way, uh, but to have a black man who, you, well, you just heard what he had to say. He, he's just, one of the good guys. He really is. We've had enough time and experience with Jesse that, you know, we realize that he is the real McCoy. Well, he's talking about, as a black man, having been born during Jim Crow and that it was a superior culture and experience to what they have now in the in the black community. I mean, that's just uh, that's that's just an amazing thing, and it's refreshing. And, um, and he's honest. He is honest, and it's always good to talk to him. Well, anyway, also out of Alabama this week, here's the headline. GOP Senator Tommy Tupperville disputes defining white nationalists as racists. And I'll read now from the article. Tupperville was asked to clarify radio remarks. He was on with uh, this new tart on CNN that interviewed Donald Trump. I can't even remember her name, Caitlin something. Uh, to clarify remarks he made back in May uh, when he appeared to defend white nationalists by suggesting that they shouldn't be barred from serving in the military. All right, so the story continues. Out of Washington, Senator Tommy Tupperville, Republican out of Alabama, doubled down on his belief that a white nationalist is simply an American, quote-unquote, taking issue with a CNN host's assertion that all white nationalists are, by definition, racist. Now, this gets back to something Peter Brimelow talks about. They use all of these things interchangeably, white nationalist, white supremacist, racist. Tuberville made the comments 
uh, in an interview on CNN's The Source, here it is, with host, should be host S, Caitlin Collins, when he was asked to clarify remarks he made in a radio interview in May when he appeared to defend white nationalists by suggesting that they should not be barred from serving in the military. He accused Democratic lawmakers of engaging in identity politics by using the term white nationalist as, quote, just another word that they want to use other than racism, end quote. And he's right about that. Collins, however, pressed Tuberville again about whether he believes that white nationalists should be able to serve in the U.S. military. Quote, a white nationalist is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races, end quote. That's the a quote from the Caitlin Collins, the CNN hostess. Which is wrong, by the way. Tuberville took issue with her definition, saying that it was, quote, some people's opinion, end quote. My opinion of a white nationalist, this is Tommy Tuberville speaking, is some, if someone wants to call them a white nationalist, to me is an American. It's an American, end quote. Tommy Tuberville said. Tuberville then said, if you're going to do away with most white people in this country out of the military, then we got a huge problem. Well, he's absolutely on point with that comment. You know, if the new multicultural, uh, homosexual-laden, uh, soy-boy-laden, lesbian-laden military is what we have to represent us if we have a war, we get into a war with the Chinese or the Russians, which we're hearing about daily. We're in a world of hurt. The backbone of the American military ever since the Civil War has been white Southerners. The best generals, the best, uh, the, the, the people that won medals of honor and stuff like that, predominantly from the South. And if you're going to prohibit those people from serving in our military, there's no one to replace them as far as a warrior class in America. So, you know... It's, it's a crazy mixed-up world in which the people that they're going to depend on in order to fight a war are not wanted in the military. And, that, and Tuberville, you know, I was very skeptical about Yeah, well, it's first. interesting because he was the inferior candidate for the Alabama uh, Senate election, is inferior to Roy Moore, who was the guy that I wanted to see. But And Tuberville came across in his campaign as sort of, you know, one of these... Chamber of Commerce type. Yeah, Republican. Republican, But, I mean, he's the one now. And even though he did, and to be fair, and to give you the complete context, he did sort of say in the interview, well, if they're racist, he's basically saying, I'm for white nationalists, but I'm against racists. And if they're racist, then I'm 100% against that. But nevertheless, he's normalizing the idea of white nationalist equals American, which, look, I don't even use the term white nationalist. I'm a white advocate. I'm a white guy who's normal. I, I don't hate myself. I, I stand up for my people and my culture and my beliefs, my heroes and my faith. I mean, call me anything but late for dinner, right, Keith? But I'm just saying he is he is he has to, and he has been absolutely skewered by the media and by his own party, and, and of course by the Democrats are taking advantage of this. But but to uh, well, here's here's another exchange. She doubled down. Caitlin Collins of CNN, a white nationalist is a racist senator, and then he responded, "Well, that's just your opinion." Well. She's wrong. A white supremacist is what she was describing. A person. But I use that interchangeably. That's something that anybody's been called a white nationalist and a white supremacist in the media, as I have for so many years. And Peter Brimelo said that they use it interchangeably. That he's exactly right. A, a white nationalist is a person that wants a white nation. Okay, so let's use terms properly. The left wants to conflate anything negative with white people, and Tommy Tuberville at least has enough gumption left. To not take that lying down. What we have to remember. What would you say is the good that came of this? Well, what came of it that was good was that somebody stood up to the left wing um, 
hegemony over our news and over our commentary on the mainstream or legacy media. He didn't cave immediately when uh, defending white nationalists as Americans and saying, if you lose white people out of the military, we're going to have a big problem. Well, uh, a lot put, more than you would expect from a senator. I mean, a senator is a lot more than a congressman. I well, mean, a senator he, is pretty He's doing bad. another good thing, too. He is preventing the promotion of all of these, uh, you know, sexual perverts, for lack of a better yeah, term. Yeah, now talk about that. Give and, me 30 and, seconds on that, because he's the one that's mucking it up for him. Yeah, he is stopping about 200 promotions in the armed services. How of, is he doing that? He's doing that by not allowing the Senate to confirm their... Uh, not the the people that they want to promote and without the senate's approval they can't go forward with it so you know he's in a strategic position and he's standing up for our people in that regard we need to look america's military if you get rid of the southern white guys regardless of what they believe you are going to put the military in an unwinnable position in any war they find. Well, in. interestingly, white men should not be joining the military. You know, that's another topic, Absolutely. and you know that. But, but, but I'm just saying. But, yes, I mean, to the point, and here you have a, a sitting United States senator basically defending the term white nationalists. Like, white nationalists are Americans to me, and he's right. And uh, so there's that. Now, and it's not just that. I mean, things are happening. So you have Steve King, a former congressman. Uh, been on the show several times. It was on just two weeks ago again. Uh, we know his comments, his history, uh, his appearances on this show. You have uh, Tulsi Gabbard, a former congresswoman uh, or congressperson, <laughs> I guess, whatever you want to call him, and a 2020 presidential candidate uh, who announced, obviously, a few months ago that she was leaving the Democratic Party. She said in this, now listen to this. This is former Democratic congressperson uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Quote, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness. And then she added the additional accusation of saying that the Democrats, quote, stoke anti-white racism, end quote, and that they are contemptuous towards religion and police and driving the country closer to nuclear war. So now, I mean, now we're talking about not just one sitting senator, but a couple of former congressmen. We didn't have any kind of support like this on our issues, people speaking out in this way when the show started. That was well, a long time well, you ago. you see how the left attacks them instinctively when they say anything that in the mildest sort of way contradicts their storyline on, you know, who should be in the military what the military is in America today. What we need to do is have more and more people standing up and defying them. They will stop covering them altogether if they do that. But this is where the left, like I said, they have overplayed their hand, and I'm glad they have because this is waking up a lot of people that before yeah. were able to kind of tune them out. Now when they're going directly against God's law and God's word regarding sexuality, I think you're waking up a lot of people that would rather not get involved, but they can't go along with that. And because of that, our side of the argument is gaining adherence. You know, we could not have done, we could not have been growing the way that the right has been growing over the past several years had it not been by these, because of these strategic blunders. And that's what they are, they're blunders. On behalf of the left, the left is alienating good people and Christian people everywhere. And if you're not offended by them, you're not paying attention to them. All right. So overall, how much does this latest flap in the media help 
Well, it's good. Popularizing and normalizing. Well, see, they Caitlin Collins thought she was going to intimidate Tommy Tuberville and getting him to back up on his – Because she's following up on comments he made in May just last week. This is an interview that happened a few days ago. Guess she's what? dragging up something he said in May. Well, Caitlin – Tommy Tuberville will call a spade a dirty show, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't say he's quite that strong, but he's stronger than most uh, that you could expect out of uh, the Senate. That's all relative. Uh, but it was, um, it, it, it was definitely an assist, no matter how you slice it. We'll be back right after this. Stay it's tuned. not what she was looking for. To Jesse Lee Peterson and Tommy Tuberville, Sweet Home, Alabama. Stay tuned. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. what she's doing tonight but you'll never have to wonder what we're doing on saturday night because what is it keith well hold on a minute your your mic's all gone okay what's happening is we're on the liberty news radio uh network producing and uh projecting out the political cesspool radio show every saturday night come rain or shine and what do you know about tommy boyce and bobby hart 
There were two song, professional musicians. I knew you would studio, know the answer. I didn't even plan this. Stu, studio uh, musicians that, uh, like so many of them, uh, had some uh, good pop songs back in the 60s. Like, uh, you know, there were, uh, for example, the Electric Prunes had, were likewise uh, studio musicians that got together and formed a group. That's what they were, Tommy Boyce and uh, Bobby Hart. All right. Well, anyway, we love that kind of stuff. The Big Kahuna is in the studio tonight. Uh, this is a rare thing to have the network owner actually be in our local studio. He has literally descended from the high mountaintops of Salt Lake City uh, to come to the delta of Memphis, and he is here with us he, now. He did not bring two tablets of laws with him, but he <laughs> well, he lays down the law he every came down week from with the mountain. Us, believe me. But no, Sam Bushman is in the studio. We're going to get him mic'd up for the second hour. This has been an incredible week. Now everybody knows we were at Dixie Republic last week uh, for the South Carolina live broadcast. Everybody loves those shows, uh, but uh, we have had a whole week of travels. And uh, earlier today, we heard Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speak. We have met with a lot of interesting people this week at the Freedom Fest. And uh, Sam was there with a booth, and we sort of cased out the scene a little bit. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes on the life and times and travels of Sam Bushman in the second hour. And that's coming up. And I took a lot of notes during Kennedy's speech today. And I'm going to tell you my takeaways. He's going to tell you yours. I mean, as interesting as the show has already been with Jesse Lee Peterson on, it's only going to continue to get more interesting in the second and third hour. And we're going to have a little roundtable, a lot of fun in the third hour with uh, Eddie the Bombardier Miller and Keith and Sam and I and uh, we're just going to have a, it. The party continues. It was a party show last week. We're still partying. It's been a week-long party. Uh, but, Keith, uh, we've got 10 minutes this segment, about eight minutes remaining. Give me a, a two-minute reminder, and we covered this extensively on the show at the time of the grisly murder, but remind everybody of the story of Eli uh, the, 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 excuse me, the death of Eliza Fletcher. Eliza Fletcher was a kindergarten teacher by vocation. She lived in Central Gardens at the corner of Carr and Willette. Right here in Memphis. This made she national news. She was also news. a accomplished long-distance runner. She was going. She had qualified for the New York Marathon, the Boston Marathon, things like that. And young to do wife, that, young mother. That's right. Uh, had uh, two uh, children, I think, under five. And like Eddie Miller has told us, who also runs in marathons. If you want to keep up and be fit to run a marathon, you can't just go out and run every so often. You have to run at least 10 miles a day. Well, she had marked out her 10 miles, which was from her home on Willette. She turned left on Central, went to the end of Central where her church, Second Presbyterian Church, was and came back. She did that in the early morning because she thought that would be safer than the evening, and she couldn't do it in the middle of the day because she had a job. Well, she was doing that, unfortunately, in September when she was attacked by a black career criminal named Cleotha Abstin or Cleotha Henderson, depending on, you know, which one you uh, choose. It was caught on camera. They tracked him down because of DNA on his sandals. He and a guy a week later named Ezekiel Kelly, who started killing white people randomly going through Memphis, both would not have been out but for Trump's Criminal Justice Reform Act, which was passed in the last days of his uh, presidency. And they 
he did that be, at the urging of his traitorous brother, son-in-law, Jared Kushner. All right. All right. You're giving us almost too much detail. That's all fantastic content and background. We did cover the death. I mean, it was a national news story. It was the biggest news story in the country, one of the biggest in the world when it happened because Eliza Fletcher, not only was she a young mother and wife and a kindergarten teacher, she was the heiress of a grocery fortune. A billionaire in her own right. Yes, exactly. And, she, and so she was one of the Memphis elite that was just violently murdered and abused, and I don't even want to get and, into and everything. And the important thing, too, to note about that is she was not running through the ghetto. She was running in the so-called safe part of town. But right. the safe part of town out. is no longer so safe. Well, and the people in the ghetto have cars, and so this is it. And so her murderer traveled there and then did all of these heinous that's things. That's very much like the new thing that happened. Also making national news this week, uh, Dr. Benjamin Mock. Uh, this is a doctor, a 43-year-old, brilliant orth uh, pediatric orthopedic surgeon who specialized in hands and wrists. Hands and wrists. This was a doctor, a 43-year-old white doctor with two young children and a wife, and he is murdered in his clinic in the exam room in front of a nurse by a 29-year-old black male who shot him in the head, uh, the chest. chest, and the abdomen, and murdered there. And he was in the safe part of town. And, and, but here, here, yeah, he was in a very nice clinic, a clinic that both Keith and I knew. Not only do we know this clinic, Keith and I both knew this doctor. And when I say I knew him and that Keith knew him, did we know him personally? No. But we, he had... He had uh, One of my sons broke his finger in a basketball practice, and it was Dr. Mock that treated him. All right. And then on my end, uh, my youngest daughter, Caroline, she's two. When she was born, her thumb was fixed at a 90 degree angle she could not bend her thumb and we took him to her and he got it all squared away so uh, we had both used him as a doctor we both had met him and knew him in that uh, professional capacity and so here you have now this brilliant young surgeon this is making national news and i knew when it came out i said well that's just very strange first of all when my wife saw who it was she said oh my god you're not going to believe this and then she showed me she was, you know, shaken up about it because we'd met him just a few months ago. It was just it was all just a few months well, ago. He was celebrated. He won awards. He won uh, commendations and whatnot. But here's the, but and, and then after his death, which made national news, they, they were about 24 hours before they released even the name of the suspect. Now, when it's a white on black murder like Dylan Roof, they go retroactively in time and, and plant the story before the murder even happens. So when it was 24 hours, like, well, that's pretty fishy. I'm starting to get the hang of it. And then after 48 hours, you finally found out it was this 29-year-old black man. And they still, a week later, have not released a motive. And if it had been a white man shooting a black doctor, they would have immediately jumped to the conclusion that white racism was involved. See, that's the two-tiered system of truth in the legacy media that we face today every day. Our fact checker, and it's important to get facts right here, unlike the rest of the news, the establishment news, uh, they lie with impunity, and they never bother to correct it. Uh, our fact checker, Mr. Hamblin, has corrected me. It was not a grocery fortune that Eliza Fletcher inherited. A hardware fortune. Correct. As we want to be, even in the, the, the details, we want to be accurate. But nevertheless... Uh, but so the, both of these stories, both of these stories, Keith, Eliza Fletcher and this this young doctor, Dr. Mock, two two elites uh, that uh, were gunned down by the denizens in the so-called safe part of town. Uh, but what is the media? It's received worldwide global attention. Both these murders have, but they're leaving out pretty important aspect and element of it, which is the race of the perpetrator of the crime. For example, 
What happened with Eliza Fletcher? How did Eliza Fletcher's murder become a big issue in the national media? Because she was an heiress, and this guy because he was a doctor, and otherwise it would have been just another black-and-white murder that gets pushed under the rug and that nobody talks about. Well, one more thing, too. If you watch things like the Lifetime Channel or uh, these true crime shows on television, you think that 75% of the murders that happen in America today are committed by white businessmen. They thought they finally <laughs> they finally thought they had found a real life situation where they could blame a white man for it. They thought that this husband had arranged for somebody to kill his wife and they were just ready to go with that. And then it turned out that that was not the case and they found out who the real uh murderer was and the leftist media was just squirming. They were in fits basically trying to get away from this story, but the story had legs of its own. Tucker Carlson reported on it. All sorts of other conservative commentators jumped on it. They finally got it off the front page about a week later when Queen Elizabeth died, and they used that as a way to uh, basically push Eliza Fletcher's murder off of the show, uh, off of the front pages. But see, they would never, if they had known the way it was going to turn out, you would never have heard of Eliza Fletcher. They thought they were going to be able to uh, blame the At first the they were saying it was a husband maybe having an affair. I mean, there were some rumors about that, and then all the truth came to light. And then I this doctor. going to be a script from. But this um, doctor, this is a crazy thing because you've got this, this black man. One article said he didn't have a criminal record. Another article said he stabbed his stepfather in the gut four times. I don't know how, how he got up with that. a criminal record. But well, they're saying, well, he's, uh, he's mentally ill. Well, you know, if you say a white gunman is mentally ill well, no 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 it's always about racism when it's white if it's well the mental illness he's mentally ill i mean it didn't have anything to do with with anything oh, except yeah, his no, mental no illness. culpability here right? well that's what you said they wanted to what release him of culpability yeah they wanted to say that you know you can't blame this black guy for his heinous criminal activity Okay. But they didn't ever consider Dylan Roof might have been criminally ill or mentally ill. But in, in, never, nevertheless, we know how the narrative changes uh, when they mix and match the different people and parts and so on and so forth. But this is a, an interesting thing, and it doesn't do anything to sort of salve the question as to whether or not diversity is our greatest strength, does it not, Keith? Well, it obviously is our biggest drawback, as Ann Coulter said. It's, he said, where have you seen a society anywhere in history – where there was racial diversity in a nation where it was not a big problem. Well, it's a big problem, folks, and this is just more evidence of that fact. I hear the music already, so uh, as I say every show, I am repetitive. I'm a creature of habit. It's a fast hour of talk radio, was it not, everybody? Jesse Lee Peterson, jessieleepeterson.com. Yours truly and Keith Alexander covering a couple of the big stories this week that were well, one of interest to us, one tragic, uh, of course, in nature, but Tommy Tuverbull and Dr. Ben Mock here, who we both had met and worked with in, in a I medical. had our children, uh, you know. And he was, he was such a nice guy. I mean, I didn't know him well. He wasn't a friend. You understand. Uh, he, he saw our daughter and he tended to her. But came across just incredible bedside manner, incredibly nice, polite, took his time. But it didn't matter to the, his murderer. And we still have no idea why he murdered him. But anyway, when we come back, the big kahuna, (laughs) he's got a new nickname, Sam Bushman, and we're going to take you behind the scenes on a week of travel together. Stay tuned.